It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 221, entitled, It Doesn't Make Sense That It Doesn't Make Sense. It was recorded on Monday, the 22nd of August, 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and I'll be joined by three WordPress guests. This week, we have Kathy Zant, we also have Nick Diego, and Maciek Palmowski. There's a lot of WordPress news to talk about, as there always is. First off, we kick off talking about the WordPress plugin ecosystem and the fact that Newsletter Glue has decided to drop their support for their repo plugin. And also, WP Optimize has decided to start a new and curious pricing structure based upon point releases, not annual subscriptions. We talk about the WooCommerce marketplace and the opportunities that may be there. Gutenberg is going to have a new modal, potentially, which will onboard you into setting up the editor just how you like it. WordCamp US is just around the corner and Contributor Day is something that you might like to be involved with. We also talk about the wizard which Visual Composer has got in a recent update. And then we talk about two of Stella's products, Flux Checkout, as well as Cadence WP. They've got a option to update the way that WooCommerce works in every single way possible. And we also get into the security of Ring doorbells and how your voice box, your larynx, is less developed than that of other primates. I'm going to have a couple of weeks off. In fact, I think three weeks off for my summer holidays. So thank you for your ongoing support. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP builds. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. Good evening, wherever you may be. Um, I am the Lord of the Dance. <laughs> no, I'm not going there. Uh, very nice to have you with us today. We are joined, as always, on our This Week in WordPress show. You typically got three guests, and we've got three fabulous guests today. We've got our very regular co-host, Kathy Zant. How are you doing, Kathy? Doing very well here in rainy Texas. Oh, very excited about rain. That, <laughs> we haven't uh, had rain in months, so uh, it's like really it, Oh, nice. okay, okay. Well, actually, <laughs> peculiarly in the UK, I think probably across Europe in general, Matchek, you can tell us in a minute, uh, there's basically no rain. Rain has just decided it's not a thing anymore. And in the UK, it not raining is like there's no tea around. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, drought conditions here. People are now being told not to use water in certain situations and so on. But uh, oh, oh. anyway, Kathy is the product manager for Cadence at Stella WP. More on that later. Uh, she also dabbles in security and hacker culture. Um, she's helped organize both WordCamp Phoenix and WordCamp US. More on that later. And she's also contributed to WordPress, sorry, WordFest Live in a minor role as well. So welcome. Welcome back to Kathy. Appreciate having you here. We're also joined by Nick Diego. How are you doing, Nick? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Is it raining? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> nope. it, is, it is a nice sunny day here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, Nick. Diego is a developer advocate at WP Engine. He can be found creating educational content, building plugins, 
and themes and contributing to WordPress core. What have you been building plugins and theme-wise lately? Well, admittedly, I've been so tied up in my uh, developer <laughs> advocacy role. I haven't been building many plugins and themes, but doing a lot of contributing to WordPress, getting excited about 6.1, which will come out later this year so yeah 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 i'm looking forward to that and well anyway thank you for joining us really appreciate it lovely to have you on again and right here we go here we go right just you know get the get the lungs ready <laughs> i'm going to try Matchek's surname uh Matchek is joining us Matchek palmowski that's not right is it <laughs> let's be honest you're not it's really it's, it's really good enough and also you get bonus points for magic it's 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 really great. It's that, really great. That bit I've remembered. I don't know. I think when, when I first met you, I wrote down the word magic or something like that, and it's got into my head. Mm -hmm, exactly. Um, yeah, well, thank you for joining us. Matchek is a WordPress developer, works at Body. More on that later. Uh, as a WordPress ambassador, after hours, uh, he spends most of his time trying to find interesting news for WP for the WP Hours newsletter, or he goes cycling. Oh! Oh, cycling, that's kind of cool. As is the WPL's newsletter. Is that going strong still, the WPL's? Of course it is. Of nice. course it is. And I can even say that Nick will be a guest editor soon. So yeah. Oh, 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 new news. <laughs> this, that, why is that not on the bio? Wow. Oh, that's lovely. That's really nice. Loving the WordPress community. If you fancy sharing this, probably the best way to do that is to go to, I don't know, Twitter or whatever and do wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Once more, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. If you go there, you've got to be logged into Google if you want to comment because it's YouTube comments. The other option is if you are in our Facebook group, you can go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. But they anonymize you. It's about the only thing that they appear to do <laughs> sort of from a security and privacy standpoint, but they anonymize your, your avatar and name. You have to click on a link, chat.restream.io forward slash FB, uh, and then you can comment. If you don't want to do it anonymously, that's what you'll need to do. Already is a few nice people hopping into the comments. It's a pleasure to have you here. Might as well just go through a few of those. Nice way to begin things, isn't it? Rob Cairns saying, good morning. Happy Monday, WordPress peeps. Indeed. Thank you for joining us, uh, Rob. And he's named you all one at a time. And me as well. Thank you. Uh, Rainy Toronto <laughs> says, says Rob. Oh, dear. Peachinary. Hi, Peacher. Peacher, I know that you wrote me a message just before this show went live, and I confess I read it with seconds to go, and I'll, I'll have to decline if, if that's all right, because I just didn't get a chance. I'm really sorry. She knows what that means, but nobody else does, so there you go. Uh, but, 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 but what else we got? Cloudy. Cloudy Connecticut. Cooler this morning, says Peter Ingersoll. Well, it's nice to have you with us. And also Cameron, who was on the show last week. It's bedtime, Cameron. Go on. Off to, off to bed. It's like 11 at night or something. And when the time zones change in a couple of, you know, the, what's it called? Daylight saving when that changes. That'll be Cameron out of the show for six months or so, he says, because it'll be like one in the morning before we start. Lovely to have you all with us. I really appreciate it. Very nice. Uh, feel free to drop any comments in if you like. Keep them polite. You always do. But uh, nice to have you with us. Okay, let's get started. This is our website, wpbuilds.com. You've seen it before. I'm not going to waste any time on it. Let's get stuck into this. Right, post status. Had an article this week from Dan Knaus. I don't know if I've pronounced that correctly. Called Winning Together in a De Decentralized Plugin Ecosystem. 
Now, it references two plugins in the article, one which we'll mention in a moment called Newsletter Glue, but also another one called Organize WP. And I confess, I haven't played with the, the Organize WP plugin in any way, shape, or form, because that wasn't the intent of this piece. The intent of the piece was, what about a new pricing model for WordPress plugins? Because at the moment, you've got free. That seems to be the way of doing it. There's also lifetime, and there's also annual. So you subscribe to something, and typically that's for support and updates. Well, although I've seen this model elsewhere before, it doesn't seem to be common in the WordPress ecosystem. Organized WP have taken the tack that they're going to charge every time there's a major release of their plugin. So you buy it once, and then let's say you have to wait, I don't know, 12, 15, 18, 24 months until version 2.0 runs out, uh, sorry, comes along, and then you pay again. And although it's a little minor tweak, I think there's some hidden benefits here. For my point, if the plugin development is slow and deliberately slow, let's say it's a plugin which kind of reaches your doorstep and does everything it needs to do already, and it doesn't really need features and updates in that sense, I probably do feel like this is quite a nice model for pricing. I just think it's a bit curious, a bit different, so I thought I'd mention it. So as always, Matt Check, Nick, and Kathy, feel free to just interrupt each other, cross-talk. In some way, we'll figure it out, but somebody's always got to go first, so over to you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very good idea to uh, start using this model because uh, as we talked a bit before the show, uh, Sandy uses it, right? Yeah, Sendy is a um, yeah, is Sendy. a PHP application. You send out email with it basically through Amazon. And yeah, and yeah. and really sometimes when we just need few features and we really don't care about updates for us as users, such model can be really great. We don't have to worry about subscription. Uh, also, in my case, uh, I really don't remember when I used any support that is included in most subscriptions, because I always try to solve something myself. I can even correct the code, whatever. I just do it yes. like that. Yes, yes. very different yeah. position to the typical user. Yeah, so, but still, I have to pay for the support, and I don't need it. And in such case, I just could have the plugin pay for it once. On the other hand, for the developer, um, it may be problematic. It may be pro problematic because uh, such a developer may end up in a situation that I think advanced custom fields had at some point when they had all of those lifetime uh, users like me. <laughs> and no one wanted to, uh, to buy a new license. And the moment when Delicious Brains uh, announced or even ask, hey, if you are using our plugin, maybe, maybe change your lifetime license into uh, this new subscription one. And they, 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 there was a huge outrage. So, uh, so this pricing model can be troublesome for the creator, but on the other hand, it's, uh, it doesn't close the door as the lifetime uh, model can do, can do. So, I think, yeah, I will, I, I will really watch carefully how, how it will work and uh, maybe some other plugin creators will try to use this uh, pricing model. Okay, yeah, that's that's really interesting. The, the whole thing about uh, you not needing support or maybe 
So I'm thinking, in my head is a plugin. I'm not going to tell you what it is because that wouldn't be a good plan. <laughs> but I've got in my head a plugin, which I recently renewed. I'm pretty sure that there were very few updates during the course of the year because I watched that stuff quite carefully just because of this show, you know. And, and also, I didn't reach out to support. So th there's a part of me at the minute going, mm, I'm not sure about the value of that. But equally, here's, here's an interesting uh, point. Teresa, I hope I got your name right there. I've clicked on the wrong one. Sorry. She says, that's horrible for those of us that charge clients. So that's a really interesting point. If you're, a, if you're building websites for clients and you're offsetting the cost and you want that to be predictable... Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting point. Um, okay, over to Nick or Kathy, if they've got anything to add. Yeah, I think that that model works really. I, I'm not going to pass judgment on their pricing model, but from my perspective, as I've built and sold a few plugins, is that I think that that pricing model works really great if you're in a, like a closed ecosystem. So right. I think like ScreenFlow, which is another app, has a similar pricing model, like. They give you updates for like a version. And then if you want to get to version 10, you have to pay that upgrade fee or whatever. That's like standalone ecosystem. They're their own thing. Mm -hmm. But in WordPress, you're like plugin conflicts and, you know, changes to WordPress core mm -hmm. you need to do updates for. And there's so many things that you may need to change and update the plugin that you might be doing a lot of work and then having to maintain like different versions. Like if you, someone's on version one and they're on version, someone else is on version two and you got to do, you know, fixing bugs in both of them. I just think that it might be a little bit challenging for the creator, um, but yeah. that's the road they've chosen. So I'm sure they yeah. have a plan. For yeah, it. that's a really interesting point, though. What do you have? You got any thoughts on this, Kathy? Yeah, well, this isn't new. This is the way software mm. used to be sold. I mean, I was on Adobe Photoshop like six <laughs> forever in a yeah. day. Oh yeah, I mean, that's right. Everybody stayed on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I just I, that's all I needed, or that's all yeah. I thought I needed. Yeah. I didn't, you know, everything was fine. I was, you know, compressing my images and cropping things and using Photoshop the way I, the way I needed to use it. Um, the it's this is going to put the the pressure on the developer. Um, if I mean, if you want to compete and um, and sort of get out there and say, okay, well, this is going to save you money. Um, I don't necessarily think that this is good for the developer because every time you make a release, it's going to have to make a huge splash in order to in order to garner some income. Right. Whereas a steady stream of income means that you can invest back in the product. You can invest in bug fixes, security fixes, um, taking care of your customers. So for a longer term software production and, and and like Nick was saying, with all of the complexities with, you know, different versions of PHP, different versions of, of WordPress, different versions. There's so many different types of things that you have to account for when you're doing QA on any kind of software for WordPress because it's being plugged into people are running WordPress on <laughs> Windows. <laughs> you know, you've got to account for that. Are you going to support oh. that? <laughs> yeah. You know, there's there's so many different things. So it kudos to them for doing this experiment. It'll be interesting to watch, but the onus is really going to be on them to create software that makes a big splash that's going to attract enough users to get off of Photoshop 6, so to speak. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> right. Interesting. I, okay, so like I say, I know nothing about this plugin, but haven't they done a great job in with the, the tiniest little uh, pricing variation? They've managed to get loads of people talking about their product who perhaps yes. otherwise wouldn't have 
mentioned it. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if we would have mentioned it because of the whatever it does, but we're talking about it and we've probably said its name a hundred times already. Uh, so they've done a good job from a PR perspective. Yeah, the I think it's curious, the, the Sendy model, so that this is the PHP email, emailing script, got nothing to do with WordPress. I kind of have real confidence in the developer there and I have confidence that if something is truly broken, he will patch it going backwards. But also I think it's like a total side gig for him. Um, I'm sure he's got other things going on. And, and and because of that, it doesn't get updated. You know, you get these tiny little increments during the course of the cycle, and then you do get this big update, like you mentioned, uh, Kathy, and it does feel worth it. Every time a point release has come on, I've dipped into my wallet almost immediately the moment it's dropped because I think, actually, that's really cool. So, yeah, let's see how this goes. Uh, there's quite a few comments around this. Andrew Palmer, who was on the other week, uh, he says that he started... Okay, so Andrew uh, has Bertha.ai, which is an AI generation um, plugin for WordPress. He says, we've started doing uh, a pay-as-you-go model on Bertha AI. People seem to like that. Oh, that's interesting. I love the go pay-as-you-go update. So in your model, because people are consuming tiny little bits frequently and often, you can do that um, because if they write a long-form piece with Bertha, you can charge them a little bit more because it's longer. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Teresa makes the point uh, that it's not predictable. We sort of had that one earlier. Um, and Cameron, who has managed to stay up. Thank you, Cameron. <laughs> he says, it's certainly interesting, but I think that un underestimates how unsavvy some of the people are trying to use these plugins. Yeah, good point. Would be great for me as a dev, but I don't think it's sustainable. What Bertha AI are doing, this is Cameron still, uh, with the pay-as-you-go pay is a better approach, but I think being a SaaS, that's a lot easier to do. <clears throat> and there's, crikey, there's quite a few comments here today, isn't there? Uh, has anybody picked up a comment which I need to say? Oh, yeah, um, ScreenFlow was mentioned, Peacher. Do you know, I've got the ScreenFlow rival called Camtasia. I don't know if anybody's used Camtasia. They do this really wicked little dark pattern where when it rolls onto the point update they that the ui the, the modal that pops up is exactly the same as all the other ones so you click update and then you realize you've been rolled onto the next model and you've got to pay for it it's really annoying it's really annoying because you've got to uninstall it and go back yes it's just like not so sure about that. Anyway, there we go. That was um, that was poststatus.com, uh, and the article was called Winning Together in a Decentralized Plugin Ecosystem. Now, you may have eagle eyes here and notice that, uh, that mentioned at the top of that article is another plugin called Newsletter Glue. I am a big fan of Newsletter Glue, and uh, Newsletter Glue have another sort of curious story, kind of around pricing and things like that. They've decided they want to uh, remove themselves from the WordPress.org repo. Uh, the reasons are slightly technical, I guess, more than anything else, in that when they started, they, they're very... I do love Leslie, by the way. Leslie's very kind of honest and, uh, you know, kind of honorable. And, and if something's... How to describe it? You could easily have concealed a lot of the detail within this post because it was, you know... Maybe you misstepped a few times, but she didn't, which she kind of basically says, we made a bunch of noob mistakes, which I think is lovely and honest, in the way that we set up free versus paid. Basically, 
Um, if you wanted to get the paid version of the plugin, which is fabulous, highly recommended, you had to uninstall the free version and then go and install the, you know, the full version. Whereas I think in many cases, the opposite is true. You keep the free version and then you add the features in with the sort of like pro plugin. The, the, so what basically happened is all of the features that are worth having, I think, are largely tied up in the paid, paid version. So the free version wasn't doing anything. After several years, they'd only got 100 people using it because essentially they were all on installing it and going over to the paid version. So they've decided to remove themselves and kind of just put themselves out there and say, we made some silly mistakes and I just thought this was a nice piece worth mentioning because of because of that and nothing more. Just how honest and decent they are. Anybody want to chip in? Go for it. Well, I think Leslie highlights some interesting comments about new plugin developers and navigating the repo. I mean, I built. I started on the plugin repo and building plugins and stuff. And it's 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 the wild west in many ways because you. It, you have to kind of figure it out for yourself. And I don't necessarily think that that's a downside or there needs to be some sort of guide on wordpress.org to teach you how to build a for, you know, for profit plugin. Um, but like the thing that she had, she had to navigate with how do you structure a free versus pro takes a lot to figure out. And I think that that's why we're seeing things like freemius pop up and other, you know, third parties that try to help people with that. Um, but it's a challenging one. I think if you get it wrong, you run into the problem with Leslie, but the also the repo is such a powerful tool for, for visibility. I mean, if you can create that funnel from the repo to paid, it's, it's pretty powerful. <laughs> I mean, it's incredibly powerful. Um, but structuring that's a bit challenging for sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll just quote the bit where she sort of, lays it all out she said as i said a moment ago we made a bunch of new mistake noob mistakes in the way that we set up free versus paid which made the customer upgrade workflow kind of weird uh, i think it could have worked we just didn't set it up right and it just doesn't make sense to fix it i i, I wonder if uh, given her time again she would still be on the repo as you sell a bunch of benefits to that um but in this case it just doesn't make sense to disassemble the plugin rebuild it and kind of really try and start all over um, they're just going to concentrate their efforts on their paying customers, which makes sense. And I also on the think that... Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, go for it. I just wanted to say that they are very small because uh, Newsletter Glue is created by only two people, right? Yeah. So, and, and, and the biggest problem that about which we can hear when it comes to the official plugin repository is the support, which is, uh, let's say, problematic. It can, uh, I mean, by not responding to those free support, you can uh, only generate, let's call it a bad name for yourself, right? Because you are not responding. And on the other hand, if you are spending too much time on a free plugin, you are just losing money. So <laughs> especially when you are such a small team, uh, I, I really think that it's likely that, uh, did a good thing, especially for them, because, like I said, they 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 are small. They had they have to pick their battles, and they just decided they will just go 100% premium. And as Nick mentioned, uh, yeah, the official repository is a wild west. It really needs a lot of love, and uh, because it's 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 really chaotic. I mean, it's enormous, it's big, but it's so hard to navigate. 
uh, it's really hard to uh, quite quickly discover which plugins are uh, are free, which are just partly free and are just promoting their paid versions. So in, in general, uh, the plugin repository really should need I mean it need a lot of a lot of changes it, it, it should be rebuilt can I just ask um, both Nick and Kathy can you hear Matchek echoing yes Matchek just underneath the screen is a little cogwheel and one of the options under the audio setting is uh, echo cancellation and noise suppression because I can hear what I'm saying a second time and I think it's coming through your your connection. I'm not a hundred percent sure that's true. I have. Let me mute. Hello, hello, hello. Oh no, I can still hear myself. And is he muted? No, he's not muted. So I think it no, is you. No, no, it's not me. I was muted for a moment, so it wasn't. Ah, okay. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll carry on. Uh, apologies for the echoey audio. Basically, is the message there. Uh, okay. So, Kathy, anything on that? Well, obviously, the repo is a huge opportunity. You end up in searchable in so many people's dashboards. It's a great opportunity to get in front of customers that you would never get in front of otherwise. The amount of effort it takes, like Matchy said, um, about just um, managing support in the repo. If you're not answering support questions, you don't even show up. So it, it's not just getting on the repo. You you have to work the repo and you have to work with all of the customers there. Um, I know a specific plugin that I've consulted with where they weren't answering support. And even though they had tons of installs, they just kept going down further and further in the search and they weren't even getting in front of customers because they weren't supporting. Um, they were just, you know, leaving it up to the community to support each other in the repo and it just was not working for them. It's a huge effort. And if you're a small team, you have to prepare for that to be, if, if you're going to use that as a way to get leads, so to speak, into your flow from free to a premium model. Um, it, it can be very effective. It just takes a ton of investment. I don't think a lot of people realize that when they get into it, they think everything's just going to be sunshine and roses. I'm in the repo and I'm in all of these dashboards. And it's it's work. You have to work it and you have to support it. And it's not it's not really fun support because there's a lot of people who, you know, well, you gave me this software, so therefore you must want to do all of these features that that I need for my vision of how your plugin should work. And so it's not fun support either. Um, the paid customers are much more fun to support. Um, but getting that perfect flow from free into a premium model can be very challenging. Um, there, there's tons of, you know, in the security space, we're always looking at these nulled plugins where people take the premium plugin, change some things in it, and then offer it on these nulled sites with a free dash of malware. Um, so it, it's, it's a very challenging um, business model that takes some experience and some knowledge in order to get that flow really working. So, yeah, that's all. I, I totally take that on board. That makes it is just such a big opportunity. Andrew's making some points in the comments. He's uh, he's saying that when someone upgrades any of the plugins that he's involved with from free to pro, the license recognizing this, so there's no extra install. It's basically a, a, an EDD hook, which then releases the tiger releases all of the uh, the fun stuff that the pro brings along for the ride so uh, and then in 
and then he thinks that if that's the result, then Leslie might be missing out on an opportunity. Yeah, maybe um, Matt Check's point about the fact that there's two of them, they've got to pick their battles, and even like, okay, we'll come back to this in a year's time, kind of thing, and we'll see, we'll see where we're at. The magic yeah, just... really is. I just have one point. It, the magic really is is if you can put in in the premium uh, an API access rather than just like that's where the magic really is. If there's some kind of service that you can provide that requires some kind of API access, then you have much more control over that relationship. And that's that seems to work best. Yeah, and I just want to mention about the repo is that it is truly a marketing thing. It's a marketing opportunity. And to Kathy's point about answering those support questions, you know, doing releases frequently, I mean, all that plays into how you rank. So it's not just like you put your plugin out there and you just, everything's going to be fine. You really got to work for it. But if you can, it's survival of the fittest. Like you can get really high ranks. You know, you, you can, you can keyword optimize your listing. You can put in, you know, FAQs. You can, you can pretty much really optimize your listing and really get high up on the list well above other maybe plugins that have more installs that, you know, aren't doing that. So it's, it's an opportunity, but it takes a lot of work. Um, somewhat out of the scope of WordPress, but always always love a bit of Drupal. Let's throw this one in. Uh, this is Lax, who's making the comment that he loves how Drupal, the Drupal module repository, so plugin replace word with module, um, has filters. So this is the piece about making it easier to discover things in the WordPress repo. Um, WordPress could introduce some filtering and sorting options and making the discovery uh, a little bit easier. And then Cameron makes the point that um, Gravity Forms, I did not know that. Gravity Forms used to be in the repository. They aren't now, and they're still doing pretty good. I'll say they're doing pretty good. Yeah, it's like a, an out-and-out -out success. I didn't know that. So they had a free version at one time and just decided to concentrate their efforts. Well, we'll come back and see how this all shakes out. WP, what was it? WP Optimize, if I remembered that correctly. And Newsletter Glue, lots of sort of interesting pricing discussions being had this week. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> We're talking about marketplaces. This is the, the, the next thing. This is about the WooCommerce marketplace. There are some kind of eye-watering numbers here. And uh, Matt Check, I think, was quite curious about the percentages that were being charged here. This is Alex Denning uh, writing on the 17th of August on the getellipsis.com website. The piece is called Who's Winning on the WooCommerce Marketplace? It's a long article. Uh, Alex really likes to get the graphs out and push the data in our direction. Um, but the curious thing for me was essentially WooCommerce is winning on the WooCommerce Marketplace. And what I mean by that is that the, the official WooCommerce things, the ones that are sponsored by Automatic, seem to be doing incredibly well. And I didn't know this. I've been in WordPress for a fairly lengthy period of time. I did not realize that until recently, there was a, a sort of lock-in mechanism, which meant that if you wanted to list your WooCommerce product plugin, let's say, on the WooCommerce marketplace, and you also wish to list it on your own website, in other, in other words, give yourself a fighting chance of, you know, taking all of the, the money for the, for the plugin sale, then WooCommerce were going to charge you a fairly eye-watering 70% in commission. If, on the other hand, you decided to 
just go all in on the WooCommerce marketplace and say, look, it's just over there, then it was going to be a more typical 30%, which I believe, and I could be wrong, I believe it's kind of like what Apple do and Google do with their app stores and so on. I think it's 30, 70, could be wrong. But that appears to have changed. They've now decided that they're going to just go with this one pricing model. The 70% has gone and the 30% is what's remaining. But look at that number. $85.5 million in estimated WooCommerce marketplace sales. But the, the vast majority of them, the, the top five are listed here. I won't bore you by reading all of the names out. But the four out of the top five um, are owned or are created by WooCommerce directly. So the marketplace does very, very, very well um, for those plugins created by that team. And I just wonder how competitive it is for anybody else. If you look over at this chart, I'm showing you a pie chart here. Um, WooCommerce, as in the developers of WooCommerce, WooCommerce make up 44.1% of things that are sold by vendor share. Skyverge, which I believe, who, who owns Sky? Is it GoDaddy? GoDaddy, GoDaddy I yeah. Think, yeah. yeah. GoDaddy's Skyverge is at 17.2. Then there's another one called ProsePress, P-R-O-S Press, confess, not heard of that is a pretty gigantic 16.3. And then everybody else make up the rest, and they're all tiny, tiny slices of the pie. You'd be gutted if you got a bit of pizza of their magnitude, <laughs> put it that way. But the WooCommerce bit, you'd be nice and full up. So interesting statistics coming out of uh, coming out of Get Ellipsis. I don't know if any of you wanted to comment on that. But the takeaway that I got was that I think it'd be jolly hard to compete against the WooCommerce uh, behemoth in the WooCommerce marketplace. And I, I do wonder, 30%, although it's less than 70, still seems like quite a lot. On the other hand, there is still a lot of market for, uh, for let's call it, local products. I mean, uh, <clears throat> for example, in Poland, we have this company called WPDesk. Uh, because in Poland, we have uh, our own delivery services, uh, our own payment gates, because, for example, PayPal isn't popular in Poland. In Poland, the most popular is, uh, for example, PayU or Przelew 24. So, uh, so, so they're, they're really regional only in Poland. So this company, WP Desk, uh, thought of a model, okay, so let's create everything that a Polish company would require. Mm. And I think that there are many companies in many countries where there is a great place. I mean, they won't ever reach this one percent of this whole of this whole WooCommerce.com pie, but it's not their goal. It's not their goal. It's just trying to. I mean, it turns out that picking all those small crumbs that fall off the table, you can really, really create quite a big company. It's interesting. I'll, I'll just raise the next graph, which I confess I forgot was available. Uh, this graph, apologies if you're listening to the audio, <laughs> um, but there's another graph on the on the screen now, which shows that really the vast majority of people in the WooCommerce marketplace they're they're working in the ten thousand to fifty thousand um, dollar area. So you can see the line is just significantly bigger. The, the ones that we talked about a minute ago, the big five ones, they're in the sort of like half a million to, a, sorry, $900,000 to a million dollars. They're really at the end of the spectrum and everything really skews towards the cheaper end. So 
I don't know. Well, Alex makes the point that they're, they're really unable to tell you how long this period lasted for. In other words, we don't know if this was over a period of six months or a year. But you can you can sort of get the impression from this that really the the bottom end of the the money is where the vast majority of the marketplace sales are taking place, and so it, it's tough. It must be really really difficult to make those you know to sort of scrape your way over to the top. Anything above this sort of three hundred and fifty thousand dollar mark, there's probably only twenty. 20, 30 plugins in total over there, whereas there's several hundred over on the other side. So anyway, there we go. Nick or Kathy? Oh, Cameron just mentioned in a comment that Prost Press is uh, automatic too. So oh, there you go. <laughs> even more, even more pizza. <laughs> okay, so combined, they yeah, they've really got much more than half of the pizza. Then if we did that, Cameron, what do they do? They build it. Oh, okay, you put it on the screen. Oh, thank you. You're as always invaluable. Uh, Prospress build extensions around memberships. They're and they're Aussie. Ah, oh, there you go. They were actually bought out by Automatic recently-ish. So that slice belongs to WooCommerce too. Okay, so in a couple of years, the chart will look even more skewed, a bit more than 50%. Thank you, Cameron. That's very invaluable. Uh, Nick, anything? I just think that, you know, we're seeing now with both like in the block editor and in WooCommerce where some of the low-hanging fruit in terms of features, instead of being isolated in plugins, are now being brought into WooCommerce itself or being brought into uh, the block editor or WordPress itself. So... Uh, Maybe five, 10 years ago, those were plugins, and now a lot of that stuff's being pulled in or developed by WooCommerce itself. Um, so I think people are just going to need to become more and more creative about the products that they're building um, to be you know, successful in such a, a competitive space. And be more creative about going after the market and going after the customers who are using WooCommerce. You know, I mean, the, the WooCommerce marketplace um, might not be the best place to go top of funnel finding new customers. Um, you might want to get more creative in getting people into your space and into conversations and into your purchase process um, in other ways. And really Thank focus you. on niches, like things like, yeah. like you're talking about like specifically for Poland or, you know, a specific industry. I think there's a lot of exploration there that's, that's possible. Yeah. I think the Poland analogy was excellent, wasn't it? You know, they, I'm guessing those guys are kind of really cleaned up in the Polish market, which is fabulous. That's true. Yeah. And, and it's not so easy to do because uh, you have to live in a country that is big enough so you can do it. Hmm. And on the other hand, it wasn't took over by some global companies. I mean, for some reason, for so many years, uh, Poland uh, is fighting off eBay. Currently, we just got Amazon, but uh, our local Allegro is still fighting hard. So for some reason, we really prefer our local product. Even if those local products were bought off by someone else, it doesn't matter. Uh, but still, they seem at least local. But like I said, uh, the same model trying to be built in in Czechia or in Slovakia, it wouldn't be so easy because they are much smaller than mm, Poland. So yeah. it's it's it, it's really difficult. It won't be possible everywhere. And understanding those niches is. It's crucial. It's crucial because for some reason, people in this country prefer some solution over other. I mean, 
on the other hand, uh, also something that for me was weird. Why Germans love paper money so much? <laughs> I, I did don't not know it. that. I did not yeah, know that. <laughs> and it was it, it, it was weird for me. And this is, again, a thing. Because you, you can think, okay, so let's do something like this in Germany, a big country. But then you can hit this point that, but, but okay, but people don't like to go digital. Huh. So it might not work. Yeah, there are many, many things. I mean, uh, in, in in Germany, it's, it's in many cases it's related to privacy. Yes, so oh, okay. privacy. Really, Germans are, uh, I would say, a bit paranoid from looking how, let's say, this global market looks like. But okay, that's great because this is getting the balance between what is happening in, for example, United States, where, let's be honest, the privacy is. We will talk about this a bit later, <laughs> yeah, right? We'll come to that. Um, we do. The, the curious... Well, first of all, I'll do Andrew's comment because it's been on the screen for an absolute age. Uh, he says that he's talking about WooCommerce in particular. WooCommerce makes so much money because their plugins uh, in Woo are very expensive. Yes, that's a good point. High ticket prices obviously will skew skew that data a little bit. And now I've completely forgotten what it was that I was going to say. So uh, we shall probably just we'll just suck that one up and move on, if that's all right. Okie dokie. Right, a very, I like this. I love the continual evolution of the block editor. Uh, it, now, it may be that you haven't seen the, the modal uh, in Gutenberg for a little while, depending on how often you build new sites or whatever you manage them with. You know, you might use a page builder or something like that. But when you first start to create pages and posts for the very first time uh, in a WordPress install, or if you've cleared out your cookies telling it not to come back, then you get this fairly brief little modal that pops up, and it, it's called the onboarding modal, I guess. Sarah Gooding uh, is writing in WP Tavern uh, an article called Gutenberg Designers Explore Adding Configuration Options to the block editor onboarding model. So it, there was no interaction with that model. It literally just showed you what a couple of the features were that were already present on the screen. Now, the idea is that perhaps it would be useful. I'll play this little video. Perhaps it would be useful in the future to have a more complicated, bigger, certainly, modal that pops up. But the intention is that it would, it would allow you to customize the initial setup of your Gutenberg layout. So for example, it might be able to say, for example, do you want the toolbar at the bottom or do you want it sort of floating around the block where you're currently interacting? Select that now before we go any further. And it might, for example, say, okay, should we set up some basic, I don't know, accessibility settings or something like that? Let's do that right at the beginning. Nothing like this exists uh, at the moment. And this is the proposal. Um, the idea is that this might be a useful thing. Uh, it's not a feature which has been built, as far as I understand. This is just what looks like a kind of mock-up. But I'm all for this, to be honest. I think this is going to be a really useful way, especially in experienced people who are perhaps coming to WordPress for the first time. Gutenberg's, how shall we say? It's hard. It's a little bit disjointed. There's things buried in all sorts of different places. Go left, go right. You know, toggle things open, toggle things shut. It's who knows where everything is if you're there for the first time and what they do. And so I think something like this could be a really useful endeavor. So I, I think, yes, I get two thumbs up for this. What do you guys four. reckon? Four. Oh, nice four so far. Four out of eight. <laughs> yeah, I agree. 
I mean, there's a lot of cool features that are hidden, like in the little options menu that very few people ever click on or know that is there. So surfacing that I think would be very helpful. Caveat, as long as there's a way to turn it off for people that don't want it for their client sites, then, um, you know, let's go. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You don't want it popping up uh, all the time. And you do want to be able to turn it off on client websites if you're onboarding them yourself or doing something right. or have a custom way of doing things. Yeah, yeah, good point, good point. Okay, Matt, check. Kathy? I would really like to, I would love to see this and I would love to see some real, very basic wireframe possibilities that people could like here's here are three different possible layouts you could jump in with because okay. I, I've I've watched people my 14 year old daughter is learning WordPress right now and she's like but why can't I customize this in the customizer that's where the customizing should be happening <laughs> you know should like don't ask hard questions um, but <laughs> <laughs> getting her started just getting a new person started with WordPress uh, they've seen websites and we've all been on the web for what 20 years <laughs> like they've seen what some possibilities of layouts can look like choose something choose a basic wireframe give people maybe three or four options that they could just get started with and i think the onboarding of new users will be a lot easier do you know kathy that's interesting because my memory uh, at the minute is terrible and i can't remember but i have a feeling that just a matter of weeks ago we talked about exactly this the the idea that this would be happening in the block editor and i it can't remember if, i can't remember if i got it off the tavern or a make post but that there will be something like this. Okay, so now we've got a collision of two different things, haven't we? If they're both happening, they've pretty much both got to happen at the same time. I'm guessing that the the settings you'd want to come first and then the layout second. Oh, Nick's definitely got something to say. Good. So you can actually do that now with what are called page creation patterns. So if you define a it. pattern and it. then usually it's in themes, it's not in WordPress core, but it's in, you know, it will be in the 2022 theme or 2023 theme, hopefully. Is that like when you go to create a new page or post, it gives you a modal and you can pick from some preset designs that the theme author has provided. You could do that for your client site or something like that. So that functionality is there. It's not very visible. Like, for example, like the, the documentation on patterns doesn't include it yet. It's on my to-do list to fix. But like some of that stuff is there. And I think we'll see start to see the everything kind of coming together in 6.1 where you have a new mo you have a new onboarding model and you can do page creation patterns and um, so would, allow would you people like to get onboarding. Yeah, would you like to That's see awesome. the onboarding model followed by the page um, templating experience all in one modal basically? So in other words, you could you could skip through this, you know, the setting up the accessibility settings or whatever it may be if you're not bothered with that. And then eventually you'll get get to the the final part, which may be here's here's some possible templates for your page. Would you like to see it all in one? UI modal at the start? You know, it might make sense to just blank page. Hey, what do you want this to look like? Like right, that's right. the place where okay. maybe uh, that happens, yeah. honestly. Yeah, that's a good point. So if somebody's like fresh install, they go through that piece where they're setting up the basic settings. Um, and then they're, they're going to build a page, right? Is that the first thing they're going to do? And and maybe that's the place where they get some kind of wireframing ability where they can, right, like, or patterning ability. Right. Are you building a home page? Are you building an about page? Are you building right, a contact right. page? And they can just click and 
Okay, so so it's kind of invoked either when you begin t- typing in the title or possibly when you've done the title and then you go and put the first block in. So a good example is is in cadence when you drop in the kind of kind of container block, then it it sort of just chucks in this other this other UI underneath with all these different grid options, and it's not there until you've decided to put a container in, and then it's there, yeah. and all of a sudden yeah. you're like, oh okay, I've got these pre-built twenty different options that I can go for. I'm going to go for that one. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Well, and then Cadence also has a design library where you can actually get like fully templated pages as well as wireframes from which to build it. That lives in a button at the top, right? Next to, oh, yeah. Okay, top left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I think something like that would be really helpful just beyond, you know, everybody should be using Cadence, right? But, you know, just in core. <laughs> in core, it. it would it makes sense to give that kind of guidance to a new user who's just looking at WordPress for the first time. And that blank page blank pages are hard for everyone. It's hard for yeah. writers, it's hard for designers. Um, it for a, a WordPress user who's just coming in for the first time, that that hand holding really needs to happen. Yeah, the, the modal's great because you can't avoid it. Like you can dismiss it, but it's there. You've got to make an active yeah. decision to shut it down. Whereas the template button. You can easily avoid it. I mean, unless you do something nefarious like make it flash and blink, which nobody wants, by the way. Um, but it's easy to miss that, to, to even know that that's there and just to, you know, you see the big blue publish button and everything else is sort of black and gets ignored. But I do I do like the idea of it being invoked right at the beginning and you just run through yeah. that the one time um, and maybe, you know, learn about the, I don't know, forward slash keystroke so that you can see all the blocks and all the different things that might be quite a useful thing uh peter ingersoll is uh he says he really really wants more control over the right sidebar settings meta boxes in the editor width order etc what do you mean by that peter do you mean you want to be able to set up a default right at the start where everything's sort of locked down or do you just find it a, a mess and a clutter and you don't know where everything is um or do you just want to be able to switch things off and turn things on and so on um and block locking, I'm guess we're talking about here, Pete, uh, Robert, Peter. The one thing I want, I do want, is the ability to lock out more. That's definitely being worked on. Um, we've had you can now lock at the parent level, can't you? But I, I still think my understanding is that anybody can unlock anything. It's more of a more of an anecdotal lock than a real lock. You can you can configure it, but it, you have to do it in PHP. So you can right. lock it down by user role, but you have it's not like in the UI. You have to do that. That will be truly a great moment when that arrives, actually. For, for people building cost websites for clients, the ability to lock on a per-block per basis or however that's set up, whatever crazy configuration you want to do, once that UI and that ability is built out, the idea that, okay, there's, there's your site. You can't mess anything up. That's- so let me, let me put the two together. So imagine you get your modal. And yeah. you, they can select from a bunch of designs and they insert it, but some of those are locked. So they insert mm. a design, but then some of them are locked so they can't mess them up, but then they can edit certain pieces. So it provides like a consistent experience. Um, so you can mix and match locking and unlocking. So you can, you can I don't know, edit the title, you can swap out this image, but you can't change the background color and all of that. Yeah, all of that stuff, it's like, it's like nerd heaven, isn't it? It's just, it gets get so thick in the weeds. What am I going to lock? And then, of course, you realize like 24 hours later, I've locked way too much. They have no idea what they're doing. Haven't a clue. Uh, okay, so let's have a look. Okay, he's replied. Peter said, mess and clutter, but both and all your examples. For example, categories... 
have been pushed too far down for users to easily see and use. Okay. Sometimes boxes too thin. Why boxes? Do you mean the actual um, meta boxes, the title that you have to open? I, I confess, it, it, I, I'm kind of happy with where I'm at, but I can imagine a client would just be like, ah! Uh, so, yes. Okay. Uh, and then Cameron saying, I find I'm always forgetting to add categories and featured images because they're hidden. Yeah, they're all closed, aren't they? That's a good point. Previously, where they're right there in the sidebar, you'd have to right tab and open and then expand. Yes, you do. You have to go through. Um, I don't know how you guys do it. Let's do a bit of a segue. Do you have a uh, Do you have a process just before you click publish of going through every single meta box? to make sure that it's all been filled out, because that's what I do. I basically work, I go through the right sidebar first, check the permalinks right, open the next one, check the category, open the next one, check the tabs, open the next one, fill out the excerpt. Right, done. Then I go through the post itself, then I do the meta boxes underneath, and when I'm happy, I then walk away the, from the computer, completely forget what I've checked, come back to any minutes later and do it all again. That's what I do. <laughs> efficient, I love it. That's basically what <laughs> yeah. I do as well. Yeah, efficient. Hey, that's a good idea. Wouldn't it be good to be able to check those off as you go through them? Little little tick box, did the tags. That sounds like the, the sphere in a, of publish press. In, in, in a way, uh, Rich Tabor created a small plugin for a checklist you can uh, you can use, and it's only visible in the admin panel. So. Oh, if thank you. If, if you're able you, you to find just... that, then I'll stick it in the uh, okay. stick it in the show notes. That'd be great if you want to go Googling yeah, I would, quickly. I would find that there. Thank you. Uh, okay, have we have we done that piece? I think we all like it. I'm giving it two thumbs up. Two from Matt Check. Nick Nixon. Nick's like at one. Did two in the end. Okay, there we go. We I think we got eight. I think it was eight out of ten. No, eight out of eight. That's good. All right, let's move on. So. Uh, the lovely writers reached out to me this week. Speaking, ha crikey, occasionally we segue into something perfectly, completely by accident, and here we've done it. Um, if you're a, a, a visual composer fan, if you've used visual composer before and you've just listened to the last five minutes of what we've been talking about in Gutenberg, they have solved that problem for you. Um, there's now a blank page wizard, and there it is. That's their implementation. That's what it looks like. Essentially, at the very beginning, if you are on a blank page and you're looking for inspiration... Uh, you're now going to have the option to sort of go through a bit of a wizard uh, to fill things out, you know, various different choices. There's a theme default layout, a blank page layout, and there's custom layouts. And if you're on the the pro version, I think it's called premium as opposed to pro, then you get all of their custom layouts as well. I didn't know, to be honest, that uh, Visual Composer didn't have that. Uh, but now it does. So um, hopefully I have discharged my responsibility there, Ritus. Okay, anybody want to talk about that or shall we move on? I think we've got I just think it's cool how that. some of these third party, we're starting to see some more parity between like a block editor and third party, you know, there's people so people can choose. Like if you want some functionality, like you have the page creation blocks in the block editor, but you also have uh, this blank page wizard in Visual Composer. It's they're kind of informing one another now, which I think is interesting. Yeah. I remember the first time I ever came across a wizard like that. And it wasn't really a wizard in that it didn't interrupt my flow. I had to go and find it. But it was in, I think it was Beaver Builder. I'm pretty sure it was Beaver Builder years and years ago. And I remember just seeing this tiny little thumbnail. 
I'm thinking, oh, that looks curious. What happened? I clicked it. <gasps> everything changed how easy was that that's ridiculous and uh i love all that kind of stuff and it obviously for users and kathy who was it who was it who was training their kids was it you kathy yes yeah okay I'm so my daughter when lockdown happened i tried <laughs> when lockdown happened i tried to educate my 11 and 13 year old boys at the time they're a bit older now uh in wordpress and honestly like i just took me three minutes to realize I was there was just no there was no path to success in Gutenberg back in 2000 and whenever it was 2020 when when all that started I feel if I dragged them back in now kicking and screaming I think things would be an awful lot easier but nah it didn't I didn't even get past breakfast I had given up it just didn't happen okay right next thing okay this one is not from me this one I believe who gave us this one was this nick oh yes yes <laughs> so one of the things that we see if you work exclusively in the block editor one of the things that i've been frustrated about and other builders have been frustrated about is just a lack of consistency so you can edit margin on this block but you can't do it on this block or you can edit color on this one but not on this one and so this is oh, a boy yeah this is an effort to standardize everything. And I could not be more excited, which was why I wanted to bring this up here. Uh, in the last few, last week or so, we've been really kicking this off and there's been like tons of PRs being merged. So it's the massive consistency effort ahead of 6.1 that's been kicked off and I could not be more excited because for a user, it's so frustrating. They learn how to change typography and they're excited and they go to the next block and oh, some of the typography controls aren't there, you know? And so making everything consistent will really help with new users. It will help people build themes and, you know, kind of push the whole thing forward. So very excited. I, I, I think, by the way, you've come across what that what this initiative should be called, actually. You call it the massive consistency <laughs> effort. And yeah. that, that that's brilliant. You're completely right. This is the reason that my children didn't get past three minutes, basically, because nothing made any sense. Yeah. And it makes no sense that it doesn't make sense. That's a bit meta, isn't it? Um, right, exactly. And it should make sense and it should be consistent. But I realize that's a boatload of work. But what a great project. Yeah. I just want to say thank you. <laughs> that's all yeah. I have to say is thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, what are the what what would be the constraints around this? Because, okay. So, if if we're going to present things uniformly across different blocks and so on, is that is that going to be how to describe it? Are we going to ask other plugin developers to sort of abide by certain guidelines so that everything looks consistent, even if you've chucked in a third party equivalent? Let's say Cadence, right? And they've got their own way of having tabs and so on and so forth. Um, or is this just going to be for the core blocks only? This is for core blocks, but it establishes mm -hmm. block support. So for example, take, take padding and margin, for example, their dimension supports. I could write my own plugin and my own block plugin and specify padding and margin support and automatic that have padding and margin support. But the thing is that a lot of this, as that functionality was developed, some blocks that were developed beforehand didn't get those, those supports. So you could change padding on something, one block, but not on another. So this really is like, let's make sure that every block has padding and margin support. Now, but we also wanna make sure that using the theme.json file, 
somebody who doesn't want that for their client can turn that off. So one, the supports are there. And two, there's a way to turn it off for people that don't want it on their client site or, or, or even in their own site. So it was kind of a two-handed approach, making sure that the, the supports are there, but plus there's a way to turn it off. Um, and also that it works correctly, you know, once you implement it. So I, I genuinely, and I, I don't mean to sound inflammatory about this, and I, I hope it comes out in the right way. I wonder how many people just took one look at the block editor and just got a, a massive sense of what you've just talked about, the inconsistency of it. I was just like, no, this is just too weird for me. I it's the number many... one complaint I see. Number one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, equally, the, even the people who uh, want to keep trying it, keep coming back and making the same claim. So, oh, that would be great. Okay, we'll, we'll be back here in 2028 with the, uh, <laughs> with the consistent UI. It'll be perfect, I swear. One thing I, I want to mention is that, you know, obviously Cadence has a number of blocks that are very compatible with Gutenberg. If you're using Gutenberg and you use Cadence blocks, they are going to work much in the same way. We watch what you guys are doing with Core, and we want to make sure that all of our blocks have an intuitive feel so that when someone is using a Cadence block, it has the same kind of consistency that the user might see that it's just a different color on the icon, but that, but it still has the same same settings in the same place for that consistency because we're all here for the same reason to make WordPress easier and better for everyone. So um, I, I think it's great that the core team is, is jumping on this and I'm really excited. Yeah. But Cadence has gone so, done such a great job of like providing that consistency that wasn't in core, right? Like all your blocks have the same functionality that it, that core did not have. So it's, it's, yeah, there, um, there's a couple where it's, where you're set at, where a setting is in, it's just kind of like not entirely consistent, but Ben is reworking a lot of that now for, um, I don't know if it's going to be two, five, or if it's going to go actually to three because he's we. Um, factoring a lot of that so that it is consistent. Um, but, you know, we'll be watching what Core is doing just because we want it to be a seamless process when yeah. somebody is working with a Core block and they're working with a Cadence block. It it still feels the same because it's such a rewarding experience for a user to work with an interface that feels consistent and feels, you know, th they know where to find things and, and, right. and they get rewards in such small ways that end up making a big reward of working with WordPress. Yeah, there is nothing better than muscle memory when you're putting a web page together. You just know exactly where that setting is, and the mouse just finds it. You know, you don't even have to think. You just, okay, it's down there, there, click, click, done. And yeah. the frustration of where is it, where is it, is it up, up a bit, up a bit, left a bit? No, uh, I totally get it. This is such a great thing. Okay, so I will add this to the show notes, which will go out in the newsletter tomorrow, which coincidentally uses uh, newsletter glue, just so that you know. Um, okay, let's check out the next one. Unless Matt Check's got anything about that. If not, we'll press on. No, no, everything was covered. I mean, okay. it, it, it's great. It's pretty great. Yeah. It will be yeah. <laughs> um, WordCamp US is just around the corner. If you were lucky enough to get a ticket, then you can attend the event. 650, I believe. Um, if you were not, fear not, let's go to the sessions page first. Uh, the sessions which had to be pointed out to me were in alphabetical order. I just was frustrated that they were all in a completely random order. Um, they're, they're all...
listed now, by the way, if you go to uh, US, sorry, wordcamp.org forward slash 2022 forward slash sessions, you're going to find all of the sessions there. Because there's such a small amount of attendees, I think it's probably fair to say that it's a bit slimmed down from something perhaps uh, WordCamp EU, but loads and loads to choose from. So go and check those out. But also, if you are the kind of person that likes to contribute, and let's be honest, I think a lot of us do, then Contribute Today is going to be on the 11th of September, uh, and it's going to happen in the beautifully titled Pacific Ballroom, which sounds wonderful. I hope we get a break halfway through to just get up and do some moves. That'll be kind of, kind of bring in the orchestra. Let's all do the Charleston. Um, so there you go. If you're interested in finding out more about Contributor Day, I'll link to this in the show notes, but you can participate. The commonly asked question is, do I need to be a developer? And the answer is a big, big categorical no. There's opportunities for Oh, literally everybody, you know, no matter what your skill set is, there is a team that you can slot into. Um, and it's not, honestly, the scope is massive. And if you've never done this before and you're feeling a bit nervous, just rock up, give it half an hour, sit yourself somewhere suitable, and I'm sure that you'll have a, a nice time and very likely make some new friends at the same time. So I'll definitely. be there and I'll walk you through it. There you go. Nick's going to be there. Wearing his WP Engine T-shirt, I'm guessing, and uh, yeah. and he can show you show you the ropes. But yeah, happening soon. Uh, which guy? Which of you lot are going? Should we do a quick show of hands? Obviously, Nick's going. Kathy, you're going. Tentatively, yes. Got some oh, life challenges, but okay. I'm going to yeah, fly okay. in and get all my stuff done, and then probably fly out the same day as what. So oh, look for me. Okay. Okay. Look all right. Okay. All right. I'll check that for you. Yeah, Machek, are you going to go? No, no, I'm staying. I'm staying here in Poland. Staying, staying for this one. I'm going. I've decided to go. So awesome. I shall. Yeah, I shall see you there. I'm. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> I just can't wait. <laughs> I've got to. Uh, I'm having a family holiday, which butts right up against it. So I'm going to arrive in a slightly bedraggled state. But what's <laughs> new? I hear them say. Uh, okay, so we've been talking a little bit about cadence on and off. Obviously, Kathy uh, is helping the efforts over at Cadence. And Cadence, if you didn't know, have this fabulous thing called ShopKit. So it enables you to really kind of hijack WooCommerce and the way it looks and fiddle around with it in ways that really you'd have had to have hired a developer or learn those things yourself. Uh, ShopKit 2.0 is out. I am not the person to talk about it. Kathy is. So I'm going to hand it over to Kathy and tell us what ShopKit 2.0 can do. What's the, what's the headline items here, Kathy? Well, the headline item, the biggest headline item is those WooCommerce product page layouts that you couldn't change unless you got into the code and were actually like manipulating PHP and all of that. Now you can do this with no code. You can do this using just the cadence blocks, um, core blocks. You can set up basic templates that will allow you to set up the product pages. However, it's right for your customers, for your business, showcasing um, showcasing your products the way it works 
for you. I'm really excited because I'm starting to see some of the Cadence users kind of blowing what WooCommerce looks like out of the water and doing some creative and innovative things. And uh, so I have my, I, I'm either going to be made fun of or I am going to be like the <laughs> wisest sage in the world because I'm saying that this is going to change WooCommerce. This is going to change e-commerce because of the creativity that it's putting into designers' hands. Um, you can also like use galleries and put videos in it now. And, and there's so many different, there, I think there's 15, 14, 15 different modules that unlock WooCommerce so that people can work with it without touching a line of code. And so it's on, it's you fire. Can, you, you can move things that are, you know, traditionally fixed on right. the right. You can float them left instead and you can change the position of the images and basically you can just adapt it inside the block editor. So you use the settings on the right, fiddle, 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 get a template that you're happy with. And from that moment on, do you what you apply some conditionals to it? You might have a category or something like that and yeah. it's going to work on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. You can basically set it up so that you can say all of my products are going to look this way, or just this category is going to look this way, or just this one product is going to look this way. And so there's all these different higher level types of things where you can apply templates to all of your products. Some of your products, one of your products, it's uh, it's really flexible and powerful. And it's done, you know, using templating rather than just going into editing all of your product data. Um, we've really separated the design of the page from where the data is being stored, which is to me, the power of WordPress is the fact that design happens in one way and data happens in another way, like, you know, typical database uh, design works. Um, so this is, it's just really powerful. Our audience, the Cadence audience is super excited about this. I'm excited to see more and more people using this. WooCommerce is so powerful. And, you know, whether you're a huge company starting to migrate over to it or somebody who's just getting started and you don't want to pay a monthly fee for, you know, that's basically going to break your bank. Um, it, WooCommerce gives you tons of different um, ways to get started. And this is putting more and more control into the hands of the people who are closest to the customer. And that means that sites are going to work better for the end users. A couple of headline items as well. First of all, I first thing I've got to say, if you can get me that sofa <laughs> for $499, I will have it immediately because that's a bargain um and secondly there's a couple of other items isn't there so you optimize your checkout work yes are you able to briefly what are we dealing with here yeah well obviously if you are trying to um you, you want people to put things into your cart and you want to then when they get to that point, you want to take away all of the difficult decisions and make it easy for them to hand over the money as fast as possible. Um, so and it's different for each storefront. You know, some stores need to know about delivery and, and, and all of these things when they're checking out some. It's just boom. It's an easy download type of situation. You don't need a lot of data from the end user who's buying. So you want to make sure that your checkout is custom and ShopKit does that. So it really reduces the friction for getting that uh, that sale. Nice. Okay, so that's part of the Cadence bundle, right? Or can you buy ShopKit as a separate thing? Yep, you can buy it as a separate thing. Um, and you don't even be, need to use Cadence blocks if you're just going to use the other modules. The product page layouts do use Cadence blocks. So you'll need to, I recommend that you just get the full bundle because there's so many other things in it. I'm not going to give you a sales pitch. You can go look. Um, but 
the full bundle gets you cadence blocks pro and gets you shop kit as well as you know updates um it's a subscription model um so the full bundle is the way to go if you're going to do shop kit just because it gives you so much um, but you can buy it a la carte and you don't even need to use cadence blocks if you're not going to do the product page layouts if you just wanted to use something else within the plugin very cool very very cool indeed yeah i remember seeing the video that you did about i don't know a month ago or something was it you i'm sure it was you um and you just sort of did it in about 20 minutes you customized something oh no no it was ben it was ben it was, it was ben, ben and the i themes yeah. training yeah he did a great job that's there. right i watched all of that and thought actually that is blooming marvelous very very cool indeed so blocks we love the blocks uh right okay curiously another step so cadence is uh a company, the parent of which is Stella WP. Uh, Iconic is also another brand under that umbrella. Iconic also do WooCommerce. So this is kind of like a curious overlap. Are these competing things? Or <laughs> let's hope not. Um, what's Flux Checkout? Flux Checkout's new theme. First of all, what's Flux Checkout? And then what's Flux Checkout's new theme? Yeah, Flux Checkout is basically a plugin that allows you to customize your checkout, and it's extremely fast. Um, they have the, they have a previous classic design, and this is their new modern design, and it really does similar types of things, but it just makes that checkout process frictionfully friction-free and painless, allows your users to just get what they need and what they want and get out of there fast. Um, and, you know, there's some people who are like really into blocks and there's some people who maybe are not and they want to use something like Flux. So it's really two different kinds. Of, there's so many Got different it. ways Got that it. people can use WooCommerce and so many different ways that people can, you know, customize their checkouts. Um, and these products serve different markets, really. So we have um, friendly conversations about what we see in the marketplace, um, but we don't really see these as competitive products because different audiences buy these. Mm, thank you. So this is, I'll, I'll put all the links to these in the show notes. Uh, it looks like from the big red banner at the top, which you can't ignore, uh, it's cheaper at the minute, 30% off. So you've got until the, what is that? 15th of September, if you like the look of a flux checkout. Okay, let's let's do Machek's bit next, if that's all right with you, Machek. I sort of foisted you on that one without without it was going to possibly come toward the end, but here we are. Uh, you are running a fabulous event entitled. Oh, I, I say you are. I don't know if it's you individually. Yeah, Going me, headless with Next.js and WP GraphQL. Again, I'll link in the show notes, and this is the registration page. But who who might be interested in attending such a webinar? What is what what it's all about? I mean, we all are hearing constantly the words about Jamstack, Headless, and uh, some people just would like to see what it is, how to start, and learn something from uh, from Fran from WP Engine because he will be he will be he helping me in building such a simple app using Headless WordPress uh, together with Next.js and WP GraphQL. Uh, I mean, in general, we are doing those webinars, uh, not only about headless workers, but uh, about different uh, topics related to to the web in general, every one, once every two weeks. Uh, this time it's headless workers, but uh, last uh, last two weeks, I mean, two weeks ago, we had a webinar about uh, debugging PHP and so on and so on. So in general, it's worth following those those webinars 
there are sometimes very, very uh, interesting topics. For example, we also had Milana Top and we discussed about WordPress documentation and how it's made. So it's really worth joining us. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, I get the, the regular email updates. Actually, I don't know if it comes through email or if it comes through a, a LinkedIn connection we've got, but you, yeah, these events come thick and fast, don't they? Um, and this time, if you're interested in headless which really is, everybody's talking about it. And I confess, I am not that knowledgeable about it. So you're going to be joined by Fran, who is WP Engine. There's another nice coincidence. Yeah, shout out to Fran. Yeah, yay. (laughs) Okay, yeah, good. So that, okay, importantly, when is it? Uh, 24th of August. So This week, this week. Yeah. This week, exactly. Wednesday, 5 p.m. UTC. If you go to the page, which I will link to in the show notes, but just go to body.works and And then forward slash webinars. To Cameron's comment, is there going to be be a replay? Yes, of course, it will be on YouTube. So... Okay, great. Okay. The sign-up form is there. You've got two days to sign up, and I'm assuming that if you sign up for that one, you'll be uh, you'll be getting updates about the future ones as well. Okay, that's great. Thank you very much indeed. All right, let's go for this one next. So we're going to step away from WordPress for a minute because I think we need to... You know, I think we need to worry ourselves. It's not its not a good thing to get through a, this week in WordPress without a certain degree of worry. Today's worry is brought to you courtesy of Ring Doorbells. Oh, boy. Oh, okay, so if you buy a Ring Doorbell, it's got a camera. Of course it has. That's kind of like the point. You can, you know, record that data and see who's been looking, you know, see what your cat's been up to and see if anybody's intruded in your house. Probably what you didn't anticipate, and I don't care what the small print says, nobody's expecting the Amazon people to be able to just give that data away. So it, this is the Bruce Schneier website, which is fabulous, by the way. Regular updates and gets really down in the weeds with security. Um, it's entitled Ring Gives Video to Police Without a Warrant or User Consent. Uh, uh, Amazon has revealed that it gives police videos from its ring doorbells without a warrant and without consent. I won't bore you with any of the details, but basically that's it. So if you've got a ring doorbell and you live in the US, what can I say? Have no expectation that anything you do is private. Uh, if you've got them spread throughout your house, I don't know why you'd have a ring doorbell in your house, but presumably extends to the other ring products as well. Now, is it just me or is this just weird that you get this stuff and it's probably in the small print somewhere that we will give this away without a warrant when the police just say, can we have that? Or should the expectation not be exactly the opposite, that if you have a product like this, it should never be given away at all ever, unless, I don't know, a, you, you know, there's a big fight in the courts to get it out of the, the ring people. I could be wrong. Over to you. I mean, I mean it's Amazon. I, I'm not surprised <laughs> okay, at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get taken down now. I'm going to get a law <laughs> through, aren't I? Yeah, They're I mean, gonna... it's, like, it's like being surprised that, I don't know, Google shared, shared some data that I just search or anything. I, I don't know. I think it goes a little bit further, though, because I think, like, the the Google, the Google data that Google's got on me, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's location data, it's messages and so on and so forth. 
But it's not the video. It's not the actual video. Are you sure? And it's scoop. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Get me the tinfoil hat quickly. Um, But, you know, this is presumably scooping up like what your kids are doing on your front lawn and what your neighbors are doing. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's, you know, the house over the street got burgled or something like that. But surely, surely they should come to you and say, Look, this has happened. We've taken your data just so that you know. But I'm guessing, you know, if you're up to no good, that's exactly what they wouldn't tell you. Oh, I don't know. Kathy, I want your opinion on this because you're into security. I'm willing to give up all of my video footage for everything. As long as I can have the footage of Jeff Bezos, uh, everybody at Google, some politicians perhaps. (laughs) If privacy goes away for me, privacy goes away for them. That's a great riposte. I love it. So, so okay, that we've both been quite glib about it. And, and I, I suspect that given that actual scenario playing itself out, which is unlikely, essentially what you're saying is, no, this should not happen. This should it not should, be allowed. In theory, it should not happen. It is happening, though. But I think that what is happening is that um, there is sort of this leveling of the playing fields where, um, you know, I mean, I, I've... I've seen a lot of hacker culture and I've seen a lot of people going after a lot of things and it is a laying, laying, there's been such, all of our history has been very top down managed where the uh, advantages have all been to a privileged few. And I believe that technology is leveling that playing field and is making it, um, making it a lot harder for people to do things behind closed doors. I really do think that, they they don't get to have they don't get to have the power over us as much anymore because so much more information is becoming more and more available they can censor as much as they want but that what they're doing to us in terms of violating our privacy is going to bite them so to speak in the rear end i think the eff the electronic frontier foundation sum it up beautifully i mean if you if you just pause this sentence and actually dwell on it for a second. Police are not the customers for Ring. The people who buy the devices are the customers. And I don't care what it says in those terms and conditions. There's no way that in the advertising material for Ring Doorbell, one of the key benefits is warrantless, warrantless, you know, egress of data to police. There's just... Uh, anyway, there's a, I'm sort of ranting. Although, <laughs> although this would be a very, very original and interesting <laughs> market problem. No, really, warrantless uh, video sharing or something like this. Really, okay. I, no one did it. No one did yeah. it yet. I mean, almost. I mean, we now have. It, but... Well, this is the this is why Bitcoin came about, right? It it it's happened after the two thousand eight situation where there was all kinds of nefarious, you know, the the war on Wall Street and all of this nefarious types of things were happening behind closed doors. And Bitcoin kind of came about of everything. Sunlight is the greatest disinfectant. So I think that if we are going to have our privacy violet, if this is going to happen, and it seems to keep happening over and over again, whether it be, you know, your cookies in your browser, or if it's, um, you know, your ring doorbell, all of these other types of things, let's, let's push it. Let's make, let's make everything 
open source. Let's make everything out in the open. Let's put sunlight on everything. Let's see what happens I mean, then. I I'm feeling very I, 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 rebellious today. Yeah, you are. It's good. I love I, I love the situation that in, in in such cases most politicians will say that if you are aren't doing anything bad, you shouldn't be worried about things like this. Yeah, right. I I oh I always love this because every time we have uh, such a situation in Poland, we have those that are ruling. The, someone has to say this phrase, and from. At some point, one of our technological blogs started asking those people who said this sentence, okay, so if you are saying things like this, could you uh, give us your phone so we can, we can publish once an hour a screen of your phone, of your messages or everything? Yeah. It, it never, never they didn't. The, no. the fun fact is they, they didn't even respond which is kind of illegal because as public figures in and politicians, they should respond in the term of two two weeks or one month, something like this. But they should. Uh, anyway, I got myself all What's heated. The there, warrant, I? Warrantless video, warrantless video. Nathan, you really should go for, for the marketing role. And no, no, no less than the Malaysian Pilots Association at telling me to preach so there you go hello um malaysian pilots association i have no clue uh, what I, I have a clue <laughs> oh do you oh, okay great okay that's good if it's humorous joke. i'm all for it okay so humor. so from one ridiculous thing to another and then we'll probably have to knock it on the head okay right just <laughs> lovely did you know right the guardian told us this week that the only reason you can talk is because evolution decided that our vocal apparatus was going to be less sophisticated than primates. So I'm going to link to this in the show notes. It turns out that things like gorillas have these, um, what are they called? There's like these appendages to the larynx and they're like bags full of air and they enable these lovely creatures to produce enormously loud sounds but they also stifle the ability to manipulate that sound carefully we stupid creatures that we are we decided to get rid of these in an evolutionary masterpiece and developed the ability and so it is the the, the more basic model of larynx which allows us to speak which i think says everything <laughs> this story <laughs> i don't suppose anybody's got anything to say about that but i had to share it well this is what we're doing on the internet typing to each other rather than talking right since we've I just evolved thought, i just thought that was absolutely fascinating uh and should we do this one very quickly let's get back onto something a bit more you know on message let me pick the right one. No, I'll leave the Spectra one if that's all right, because we're going to run out of time. Um, XWP produced an article this week. It's called Pizza Isn't a Perk, a Response to the Anti-Remote Argument. Matchek, was this from you? Yes, it was. So um, I love working from home. I've been working from home for the longest period. Uh, but in the XWP blog this week, an article cropped up, and I think basically it came from the Right Honourable Malcolm Gladwell, who, you know, seems to produce an awful lot of incredibly cool material. But he's he's kind of rejecting the idea that working at home is a good thing. You know, the fact that you can work in your pyjamas 
is not a benefit. Well, I'm here, Malcolm, to say you're wrong. The slippers and the pajamas, they're the whole point, right? That's what it's all about. Um, what, what do you think? The, the pandemic's been, it's gone. Maybe you all work from home anyway. Maybe there was no change for you. But you all look, looking at your little icons there, you all look like you're working from home at the moment. Are you going to take Malcolm's advice and go back to the office because that's where the real work's done? Or are you I did stay it in once. your PJs? I, I did it once I, because most of my career I was working uh, remotely. So I can say that I worked remotely before it happened, b b before it started to, to, to be cool. And once, once I decided, okay, I will go to work at an office. I will see how is it, this all those coffee meetings, you know, this, this whole office culture, you know, this, uh, I don't know, Fruity Friday or whatever. The worst year ever, in short. It's horrible. It is such a waste of time to, to commute. On the other hand, um, there are, it's so easy, it's so easy to get distracted. I mean, I know it also depends on the role you are doing. Um, right, right. Because yeah. probably for project manager, it's much better to have everyone at one place so they can go from desk to desk and ask, hey, how is it going? Hey, how is it going? Of course, it could be sent through email or Slack, but... And on the other hand, for me as a developer, it was horrible because I couldn't focus. Why? Because of this project manager. When... <laughs> That's yeah, genius. I mean, Cyclical argument. Yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I mean it, it, it's really easy to, to, to get this to get distracted in the office. And uh I always felt that uh I mean we had this argument also with, with, with my wife and uh, she she shares the same the same opinion that uh the amount of work we did during eight hours at work we would be able to do in about four or five working remotely. Peach is in the comment and she says that she's been working forever and really likes it. And uh, she's she also, she, we're not condoning this, everybody. We're not condoning it. She says she's going to burn all of Malcolm Gladwell's books uh, <laughs> from this point on. But she also makes the really good point. And obviously we're being flippant, right? I more or less can guarantee that none of us are actually wearing pajamas right now. Um, no, this but... is, I mean, the way to, I mean, it's difficult to learn how to work remotely. It's not like working yeah. in the pajamas. I mean, in most cases, the moment you start working in your pajamas, you're doing it wrong. I, mean, <laughs> I, I have a friend for her, and, and for her, the moment when she started work, it was the moment when she put her bra on. That's like it. You can't work remotely without the bra. That's it. I have got two possible titles for this week's episode. The first one is, uh, it doesn't make sense that it doesn't make sense. And then uh, if you're wearing pajamas, you're doing it wrong. I don't know which one's going to win out, but they were... That's it. Unless Nick and Kathy have got something to say about that, I don't want to hold you beyond the, the time that's allotted, and we have just eclipsed that time. So and if you want to say something, you're free. I'm fine. But if you so, need to get off the call. 
I've been re- I've been remote for about a decade now, even in my previous job, and I do think that it takes a lot to get used to it. And not everybody is likes working from home and likes that camaraderie with you know fellow employees and whatever. So I really I like the approach of do it works best. And I know not every company can do that, but if there are companies that allow people to work from home or people that want to come into the office, I think that's a nice a nice thing if it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, so. give it, give people a choice. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Kathy, anything to add just before we knock it on the head? I'm a remote worker, and I feel like work needs to fit around our lives rather than our lives fitting around work. That's yeah, how I'm gonna yeah. leave it. We should all I also like the thing that 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 Pichanari just wrote. Working remotely is not the same as working from home. And by the way, this is also mm. an interesting thing because lately I see that the term working from home is getting much more attention rather than working remotely. I don't know why. Maybe it's easier to connect it with, the, with, with those pajamas. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think people used to often, before COVID, they used to go to the Starbucks and hang out there, didn't they? Whereas now we're all, def- during COVID, we were definitely at home. Okay, I'm conscious of the time. I don't want to hold anybody beyond the 90 minutes that we agreed to. So firstly, thank you so much. I enjoyed that, as always. Lovely chat. Nice chatting to uh, Kathy and to Nick and to Macek. Uh, we'll be back. Oh, no, we won't. I've got to look at the calendar quickly. We're having a bit of time off because I'm going on holiday. Let me just have a quick look. I think it might be as much as three weeks away. What's the date today? It is the, somebody help me out. It is the, so I'm having next week off and the week after that. Yeah, I'm literally having three weeks off. I've never done that before in my life. Um, I'm going to stay in this room and wear some pajamas and it's going to (laughs) be fabulous, but I won't be putting the computer on. So I'll see you in a month's time. This show will be postponed. Until then, I hope that you can all cope. (laughs) We'll see you soon. Thank you. Oh, no, we've got a wave. We've got to do the wave. Sorry, Nick. I don't know if you're prepared. Yeah, give us all a bit of a wave. Got the wave. Got the wave. Don, thank you very, very much indeed. (laughs) We'll see you in a month's time or three weeks' time. Take it easy.